0: And I was riding in the arena before the rodeo, and there were sheep in that chute, and he saw them, and he, he ducked at the second barrel, because he wasn't going to go around that barrel. And old seasoned horse ducks on the second barrel, because there was sheep in it.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Cowboy Culture Podcast. This is part two of our Outlaw Horses stories. I have two awesome guests today that have two awesome stories that they chose to share with us. So let's see what we can learn from our first guest, an accomplished farrier, politician, and lover of fine foods, Mr. Kelly Barrett.
2: I go to shoeing school in the spring. There's still snow on the ground, it's colder and shit. I work all summer long for no money, trying to figure out this horse shoeing. I'm either shoeing for my dad and he doesn't pay me, because he helped pay for shoe in school. Yeah, so I, I never really got paid. And I'd shoe for a guy at the, um, he was kind of the manager at this boarding facility. And he always told me, oh, buddy, I'm going to get you some clients. I'm going to get you some clients. But I'd go shoe his horses, and he'd give me some beer and a steak dinner and stuff. So it's about fall right now. And I get a phone call from a gal, just bought a horse. uh, Bought a horse from Billings, Montana. Need some shoes on it. Said, okay, I could do that. So we set up a date. I'm stoked. The day before, I I shoe one of my dads just to make sure I'm all in line. I get there probably the first and last time I've ever been early to an appointment. I show up early. I got all my stuff set up. I'm professional, right? First client. Per usual. Per usual, yep. So they pull in in this gray minivan, and it's barely in frickin' park. And four kids pile out of this thing, and they are running amok like a bunch of damn banshees. They're grabbing my tools and hitting shit with my hammers. And I don't know, really, I was not expecting this. I was expecting one gal to show up with this horse. So she tells me, oh, I'm going to go get this horse. Okay. So she goes and she grabs this horse, and it is a massive, probably 1,200-pound, 15-1, 15-2 bay horse. He ain't got a brand on him, a cinch sore, a saddle sore, holes in his feet. There is no inkling that this thing has ever been shod, let alone barely freaking touched. Yeah. And he is breathing fire. So where you'd chew at this place is down in this hay barn. And they had two posts, big-ass wood posts set up. And they had, um, like, three two-by-sixes, two-by-eights nailed up there. So she ties him up to this. And I'm easing around him. And he he is snorting, blowing, having, like, he is concerned about what is going on. And I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. So I'm working on a hind foot, and these kids are in there playing freaking football. One kid misses the football, and this thing comes rolling. And I can feel this horse tense up and tighten. And I look up, and this football is coming at us. And I just, like, ease off because I can tell something's going to freaking happen. He fires, kicks this football. Jumps forward, sets back, rips the two-by-eight or whatever off of what he was tied to. Spooked, that's gone. Starts setting back, spinning this thing around. About takes out two of these kids' freaking heads. And I get him in the corner and I get him all hemmed up. And the lady's like, "Ah, I don't know if he really needs hind shoes. I'm like, you know what, ma'am? They look pretty good to me. Let's just try some fronts. And at this part of my career, I have no idea about really anything, so to speak. So I finally get some shoes shaped up. And I have her. I'm like, well, can you just hold him for me? And she's, yeah, I can do that so there's two big-ass sliding barn doors, and we're kind of right in front of them. And I asked her, have her kids play outside. And so they're outside dicking off, and she's holding it. I finally get shoe-shaped, and which this horse had ridiculous amount of flair and this and that. But I was so petrified of Quicking you know, a horse at that time in my life, I was like, oh, you know, so it's a weird, uh, the, his feet look like footballs, basically, is what the shoes ended up looking like. Finally got them shaped, finally got them somewhat level, which doesn't matter. The foot wasn't level. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm tapping in a nail. At this time, I used These big old thick nails, and I had some shaps I got from my grandpa, which I'm pretty sure they were just like regular shaps that he sent off to a guy up the road and had him make them into like shoeing shaps. Just throw a couple super pockets th- and pads on them. Exactly, and they they were super thick, super heavy. They they felt like they weighed thirty pounds. They were heavy heavy duty come to find out so i'm starting on his front right foot so when i drive a nail it's going towards my right leg and i'm tapping and every time i tap this horse is jerking and snorting jerking and snorting and shaking and this gal's got a hold of him, and I have the great idea. I'm like, you know what, Cal? Go ahead and just send this sucker home. <laughs> so I wind up, <laughs> I whack this fucking nail, and it shoots out through my foot into my shaft. So it's in between this thick ass pad I have on my leg and the actual leather of the shaft. And kind of got a hook in there. So, And he commences to have a complete come apart. So I go to pull, and I'm, like, I'm attached. I know I'm attached because when he jerks, when he sets back, like, I can't get rid of him. (laughs) And so he's rearing up, and I'm trying to pull this big-ass foot to get myself unstuck. But every time I do it, he rears back and hooks me halfway with his foot and just lunges forward like a horse trying to run with hobbles on. Sure. You're the hobble. That's hobbles. what he – I am the hobbles. <laughs> so I'm trying to hold it together. I'm panicking. <laughs> Next Go thing forward. I know, we run smooth over top of this lady. And – there is nobody on this horse's head Cause we he run a literally right i stepped on her he stepped on her and we are out the door and we, we and these kids are playing and how nobody got hurt is beyond me because they part the sea like noah and he's <laughs> kicking at these kids lunging jerking <laughs> and i'm attached to this son of a bitch. and there's nobody on his head and we're and i am i have never been so catty in my entire life you know me trevor i am kind of a catty guy (laughs) i guarantee you how i stayed on my feet i have no idea some
1: of that self-preservation right there
2: yeah yeah so we're we're he's at a high jump in lope with me attached to him down this freaking driveway and it comes to a T and he kind of it's like a horse that goes to a fence and kind of sucks back and sorts off one way sure thank god he sorted off to the left he flung my ass out down this freaking driveway and then just takes off the lady's still on the ground. The kids are like, "Oh my god, what happened?" <laughs> and I get up and I am shaking so bad. I'm like, "Huh, huh." I check myself and there's there's no blood. There's no nothing, and I can't like hardly. And I'm like, "Oh shit, the horse is loose." And so and there's no bordering fences to this place, by the way. So I'm like. Shit, he's gonna, and right by a highway. I'm like, he's gonna get on the road. So I go catch this horse, bring him back down. By this time, the gal is sitting there on the ground. She's got her foot up on my amble, and this son of a bitch is swelled up. He broke her ankle or foot or both. Like, it was jacked up. So, I I help her get her kids loaded up, and I help her freaking get in the car. I'm like, you sure you don't need a ride to the hospital? No, no. It was her left foot. And she's like, no, nah, I can still drive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, you know, you know, good luck. Sorry. And she goes, oh, what did I what do i owe you i'm like nothing lady your doctor's (laughs) bill's gonna be way more than this you know she goes no i still want to pay you for a trim and i was like all right well 25 bucks (laughs) so she so she writes me a check (laughs) for 25 bucks dude i load my shit up in my truck and i get in there and i pull that check out and i look at it i'm still fucking trembling (laughs) like i I have no idea what just happened and how nobody died and i'm like for freaking 25 (laughs) dollars welcome to horseshoeing (laughs) yeah no
1: shit what what about like what did that horse teach you what was the lesson
2: that i never ever ever from that day on i always start especially a new horse i always start on the left side that way when i pound the first nail i can move my leg and i'm safe i won't get caught yeah well literally this day i never ever start and i see i got guys that work for me they're all willy-nilly whatever's closest this and that and i'm like dude you don't know what can yeah (laughs) exactly and there's horses like that there's everyone's like well why do you do this why do you do that one bronc one time scared the living shit out of me sure so this is how we do it and we think safety at all times
1: (laughs) i we were i one of my thoughts on this is like outlaw horses you can either Learn to hate him and never want to see him again, or you can learn to love him, right? And you've got to yeah. love that bastard because he could have just as easily killed you, and he was trying oh. to, but he didn't. And now yeah. you're you have what's called wisdom, whether you believe it or not, because of that bastard.
2: A hundred percent. He funny. was just—he was just terrified. Yeah. And I can feel it but I, I was so I was so new to what I was doing I could feel him every ounce of his body was tight and he gave me every sign in the world like dude stop dude, it and and I was I was so involved in what I was doing at that time I didn't I didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, hey, son of a bitch, I'm trying to shoe you. I'm a horseshoer now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. And uh, literally just, and to this day, if I feel one get a little weird like that, I don't go to beating the shit out of their feet, put a couple nails in, put it down, scratch them, like, hey, buddy, we're fine. You know what I mean? Developing or, that feel. Uh, yeah. And... Yeah. Kelly,
1: I love that story.
3: That won't be the last story you hear from Kelly Barrett. He's got a lot of them, and he's good at telling them. My mom tells a story about one of her horses that is so special to me. One of the first things I knew about my mom outside of being a mom was that she rode some really nice barrel horses. Our tack room was full of saddles, tack, and buckles that she'd won. Mostly on Spider, but a few others, too. All of which came with some rank stories. She wasn't riding easygoing kids' horses. She's very humble and doesn't talk about it much, but when she does, they're great stories and her face lights up. I read in an old Montana newspaper that she was awarded the Top Hand Award again she's definitely a top hand at most everything she does actually
1: spider's the horse that you're going to tell the story about right just start with when you first saw him and we'll see where it goes okay okay
0: okay so i was probably about 10 and i'd already been um riding and stuff and with Judy Normaki all the time and they decided that I needed more horse so Judy found this horse in Colorado I think it was like in the fall and she told Marcy that this would be a really good horse for Missy he's only four I don't think they did anything with him but he's little and stocky and really well bred and so he's 500 bucks so of course Marcy he's a cheap ass.
1: Game on, rat. 500 bucks. What, 500 what bucks. was well-bred at that time? Do you remember what he was bred like?
0: Oh, three bars. Okay. That was my Morty's deal. He was a three-bar horse. So this was in the fall, I think. So she went in early, early in the spring to get him. And she got there, and she called Morty and said, you know, if you don't want me to bring this horse home, I won't. I don't know what they've done to him but he is so so skinny and so poor He has white spots all over his back I think they were they were packing salt on him so much he said no just whatever you think if you think we should get him then bring him back it'll be okay so he brought him back she brought him back and he was bad like so thin so we started riding him. Well, it turns out the reason he, why he was so thin is because he was a little fucker. He was, they, they had let kids ride him, and he was just spoiled rotten. He'd run off with them and bugs, so they took him to the mountains and packed salt on him. Oh. So I think the first time I rode him, I was just little. I'm ten. I didn't. I had no fear. I didn't know anything. So I took him. I was riding him out along the highway in our field, and Tim saddled him for him, my brother. Yeah. And I got up by the cattle guard, and a truck went down the hill and turned his Jake brakes on, and his horse <laughs> <laughs> farted and bucked and took off to the house, and my saddle was not tight enough, and it flipped down over. Under his stomach, so he goes flying to the barn with the saddle under his stomach.
1: Did, and did he buck, buck you off before, or were you, did, um, you, did the saddle slip while you were in it?
0: He's the saddle slipped. Okay. Uh, no, I think he that he was kind of bucking and running off. Yeah. And then I, then I fell. Yeah, the saddle slipped as I was going off, <laughs> and so. Marcy was pissed. And so then my brother rode him for a while. Then I got back on and rode him, but he was a little asshole for a long time. So, but I just let that go. And then we just started, I started going down to Judy's and riding him, and and I'm sure that that was early in the spring. So then um, that fall, she was entered in some fraternities in Washington, and Montana, in Great Falls, in Washington, and somewhere else. And her horse that she had came up lame, so she wanted to. She says, "I can't ride him. I'm way too big for him. But we can enter Missy up if you pay. If you pay the fees, then Missy can go." Which is crazy to me now. We we just started riding him that spring, and then that fall, and I had no idea what I was doing. In a snaffle bit. So I entered these fraternities and won them.
1: <laughs> Holy smokes.
0: It was crazy. Like, I, I'm too, I was too young to kind of realize it at the time. I realized what, you know, was going on and, but, yeah.
1: And That's was fun. that the only time that he bucked you off or, like, got you in no, a wreck? Or was there countless wrecks?
0: There was a lot. He he was spoiled. He was that barn spoiled. So you get up you know, away from the barn and he would throw a fit and try to run off.
1: Sure. He
0: would buck with you too. And (laughs) And he, and he was just kind of a dick to be around all the time. He was just, he was, he spooked at everything forever. And and that's him. It's just, I can't believe looking back on it now, like if it would have been like me and Kaylee, if that would have been Kaylee, I would have been my there's
1: there no there's no way. It's so but funny how did, generations get softer because you making her ride your sister's horse is like trauma in her brain. Your sister's horse wasn't near as bad as Spider. She's my sister's horse. Yes, the horse you yeah, got from Punky or something that was so rough that she cried. Oh,
0: Auntie! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was a rough old bitch. <laughs>
1: And that's traumatic to her. And your dad puts you on this outlaw that would just run home with a saddle beneath his belly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And then you kept him till he died, right? Yeah. Would you say he helped you in your horsemanship or almost took it out of you?
0: Oh, no. He helped me for sure. That's how I, that's where I learned everything. Because me and him learned together. I, like, I think I was 10 And he was three or four when I got him, and he knew absolutely nothing. And all I knew how to do was ride, ranch ride. Yeah. And, but I, the the thing that was bad and good and bad about it, I was so young, and I would just go down and I would just do whatever Judy told me. She told me to do this, so I did it. Do this, I did it. And that's why she liked me so good, and why I, because she just said I had natural talent for it but now i don't remember why she told me to do that you know i just did it because she told me to
1: (laughs) and that's the problem with being a good lesson taker is when you lose the you're almost a tool of judy instead of her explaining what you're doing and why she's just telling you what to do and you're good at accomplishing that but she didn't exactly teach you how to maybe make that or use that when whatever scenario you might need it right
0: exactly yeah no exactly
1: i've dealt with that a ton and i try to be a real good lesson taker and i've had to be Uh i've had to learn to be a really good question asker too because yeah
0: and i think that comes with age like if i would have been older and and I did learn a lot of stuff from her, but it's just it amazes me that at that age, both of us went. I mean, because he was tough back in the day; he was a tough little horse. Yeah, and we we did it all. You know, um, we both took together.
1: And did he and did he clock through his whole career, like his whole life? Was he always fast and good? Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was. He. Um he would clock right up there, but you know. But people would say they uh, I've had people tell me like I cannot believe what your time was. Really? He clocks really good, yeah.
1: Just looked slower than he was or
0: He was so little and sh- short straighted I guess. Sure. And he's very very quick around the barrels.
1: Well, that is so cool. If you could clone that horse and get him back right now, do you think you'd have it in you to make him again?
0: I would like to. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be cool. He was just one of those horses that he was just quirky. He he, had, he just like kind of had little man syndrome too. And he was just, he was, I mean, like older is when I came down here. So I was probably in my 20s. I mean, he was up there maybe 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And he was afraid to death of sheep and ponies. And at Chalice they had sheep riding and I was riding in the arena before the rodeo and there were sheep in that chute and he saw them and he he ducked at the second barrel because he wasn't gonna go around that barrel. And old seasoned horse ducks on the second barrel because there's sheep <laughs> in the dude.
1: <laughs> were they there during the rodeo too, or just he remembered them?
0: I think he just remembered it. Yeah. It makes me think of other things too, talking to you about it.
1: Well what what else?
0: Well I mean Kaylee was kind of getting close to the age where she could start riding, but he was twenty five or twenty-six years old and you couldn't just get him in after like not riding him for a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, especially the winter. Yeah. You can't just get on in riding. He would buck Every He would buck you try to buck you off and run off. Yeah. So I couldn't put Kaylee on him. Sure. And I didn't trust him even, you know, because he would spook at shit. And he was just, maybe that was the training part of it. But that was just kind of his attitude.
1: And That was my first horse was my, my dad had this bay horse named Tigger. And he was mine. In, in my mind, he belonged to me from when, like, as soon as I could talk. That's what they were telling yeah. me. That's your horse. Yeah, And I'd ride him around the house and everything would be good, and my mom would haul me to these stupid Jim Cannas in pacing. and <laughs> I wouldn't... I scared to death to go fast for a long time because I would cruise him. I'd trot, long trot him through the first two turns of the barrel pattern, and that bitch would round the third, and I'm sure he's just loping, but I remember just blacking out because this fucker <laughs> would run off... And then I would come to and I'd be at the out gate and some man would have my horse by the bridle shank. <laughs> it was so fucking scary. Like I didn't want to ride. So, like when my parents split up, I yeah. didn't have horses anymore. I didn't ride for two years. And when my dad and Lynn got together, my dad was horseback all the time and, was, and I didn't want to ride. So I'd have to stay there with her. And so I think she just spent a bunch of time with me making me ride. He traded that horse off and he was gone. And I was pissed at him for it, for trading my horse yes. off. But she had this old paint named Rooster and just had the like easiest little lope. And she just put me on him with no bridle and just chased me around the round pin. And I'd scream and cry and she'd yell at me every time i touched the saddle horn. Yeah. <laughs> and finally... I don't know when or what happened, but she rode with me every day that I was there. So that she, I think just to get rid of me so I could go ride with my dad. And then eventually it got to where I could go ride with him and then she didn't have to watch me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only reason that I rode at all was just to get rid of me because the same deal later when dad was doing construction all the time, I'd go ride with Ernesto, who was taking care of the ranch, and dad was off doing dirt work. Had,
0: <laughs> Just get rid of Trevor. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I think that's the only reason I ever rode. And then get to high school, and the, my cell phone wouldn't work at the house, so I'd get home, get on Paco, and go ride that summit so I could talk on the phone. It was never like, oh, uh-huh. I love riding. It was, <laughs> I, need, I had a reason that I had to ride, and now that's all I want to do. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, I haven't thought of that in a long time. That's why this podcast feels cool.
0: Yeah, because you it makes you think of stuff well. that you don't think of all the time.
1: That concludes part two of the Outlaw Horses episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This was originally a practice episode, but I couldn't let these two stories get away. And I've got a few more good stories in the near future. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Adios.